Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the live Q&A of yours. Truly hope y'all are doing well. Hope y'all having a great Wednesday. Hope you guys are going over the hunt with momentum. Um, I hope you guys are doing well. But for those who are watching me for the very first time, my name is Joshua Ezzy, also known as Coach Josh. And my goal is to help you make sense of your life and to help you grow holistically for God's optimal use. And after watching this video, like, man, I like that guy's vibe. Go ahead and subscribe because I would love to be your coach line. But for those who's been rocking with me, whether you've been a subscriber for 14 years or 14 minutes, I want to say thank you so much for trusting what God has entrusted to me. And I pray it continues to be treasure to you. And for those who's been listening, those who listen to all the podcast streams, thank you all so much for listening. I pray you all continuously are blessed by that avenue. And thank you all so much for listening to what I do. But for those who's joining me, uh, later, or those joining me now, my latest book, Facts Over Feelings, is now available on Amazon. I released this book about a month and a half ago, and it's a book to help you uh, find the facts behind your feelings. It's here to help you process your feelings so that you can get back to fulfilling your role, whether it be a husband, wife, son, daughter, whatever the roles are, entrepreneurially or in business, you'll be able to fulfill those roles. Also, if you're looking for another resource to help you process how you hold the important things in life, this resource is also a good uh, uh, book to have called The Wholeness Journal. We also have a book on singleness. If you want to learn how to maximize your singleness or to find the purpose of it, this book's available as well. We got a book on dating, a book on soul ties and strongholds, how to untie them and uproot them. We also got a book to help you discern what's in front of you to determine whether it's a counterfeit or a counterpart. Children's books as well as books on spiritual warfare and how to put on the whole armor of God. All these resources are available now on my website, IamUnplugged.com. All right, let's see who we got in the building here. Uni says, hey, oh, y'all still can't see me. There we go. Uni says, hey, Coach Hope, all is well on your site. Everything's good over here. I appreciate you for checking in on me. Marie Evans says, how did you know your wife was the one? What did God tell you about her? Well, the beautiful thing about my wife and I's journey is that hindsight being 2020, we see um, the, the, the unique way of God bringing us together. First off, I met my wife in my purpose. I, I, I champion that, that you have greater odds finding your person when you're in your purpose. Because if you don't know your purpose, you won't know your person. And so my wife's friend invited her to my Bible study. And, and, and at that moment, I knew there was something unique about her. And I tell people that is, is that I didn't know exactly that she was my wife at first glance. I just knew there was something about her. And I said in the previous video that there's something about the way God reveals things. There's something about the things that God has for you. And what I mean by that is, it's just something about the residue on it. It's something about the, about, about the connection. That's why it's important to develop your relationship with God so that you can understand the familiarities from your fellowship. And so so you'll know exactly what has God's stamp on it for you. Um, but as far as what God told me about her, in the beginning, it wasn't much that he told me. I think God speaks in multiple ways. I think God speaks a lot in situations. He speaks a lot in just the guiding of it. I think sometimes we look so much for God to speak audibly or speak prophetically that we forget about the various ways that God speaks. God spoke through my purpose. God is speaking now. In my book, Counterfeit a Counterpart, I talk about how God confirms continuously. And what I mean by that, even in my marriage right now, God is still confirming. It's not that God is confirming because he needs to get my attention. What he has already confirmed by itself keeps confirming. So every time I'm in a school system, every time I'm uh, writing books, it, in that process confirming it. And so the best way that God revealed that 
my wife was for me was situational. It was a lot of situations that just had something about it that made her significant. And the closer that we got to each other, the more clear it became uh, um, that she was the one. I think sometimes we want God to speak, but if he speaks, sometimes his spoken word prematurely can cause us to be so filled with zeal that it is uh, mature in wisdom. And so I think God waited until I was mature enough, waited until she was mature enough for us to be able to have that conversation and to clearly see that we were the one for each other. Hope to help. Lenita says, good evening, coach. Thank you so much for joining us, Lenita. What's up, Ivan? God bless you, too. Joshua Pittman says, what are your thoughts on, uh, on not watching TV? I often catch myself watching a lot of TV during my leisure time, and sometimes I believe I could be doing something more productive other than reading. Great question. Honestly, um, I don't watch much TV. I don't. Uh, my mom used to say back in the day, it's a one-eyed demon. And it's that's true. It's a portal. Uh, based upon what channel uh, would determine what's uh, uh, channeled into you. right? And so uh, when you understand the propaganda and the marketing agenda behind some of these streams and networks and stuff like that, you kind of get a distaste for it, especially when your spirit becomes sensitive. Honestly, what kept me off or keeps me off of television or keeps me from indulging on YouTube and stuff like that is my purpose. I always have something I need to do. And, and there's nothing wrong with watching TV in, 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 um, in moderation. <clears throat> nothing wrong with it at all. But sometimes people have so much idle time or they have so much insecurities or not insecurities, but they have so much that they want to avoid that they get into a, into television or channels to kind of keep them from having to address what they need to address. I think a lot of our free time should be devoted to uh, um, personal development, to spiritual development, to, to product development and stuff like that because think about it. The hours you spend on TV, what do you get from it? You're paying people to pay attention. By you paying attention, people are getting paid for it, right? And so the thing is, where are you paying your attention? At least pay your attention, since attention is currency, at least pay your attention in something that's going to help you in, long, in the long run, right? And so my thoughts on TV, man, don't watch it as much as you are now. Start minimizing it and start spending more time. Open up a book. Reading is fundamental. Reading helps you and get into God's word. And it's just trying to figure out what do you have a passion for. Get outdoors a little bit more. Do little things that's going to help you really uh, uh, grow down the road in your life. So there's always something more productive. But reading is essential. Uh, the word of God, books on personal development, stuff like that. Because it's going to at least, it's depositing inside of you something that can be utilized through you, if that makes sense. Great question. Guys, girl says, what do you think about the rapture? My thing is, um, some people are pre-trip, mean uh, before the tribulation. Some people uh, are post-trip, after the tribulation. Some people, whatever. My thing is, just be ready to go. I don't think too much about when, as far as if it's going to happen before the tribulation, mid pre-trip, mid-trip, or post-trip. At the end of the day, when that trumpet sound, I'm gone. So the rapture, I don't, I don't take too much thought about eschatology, uh, not because it's not interesting. It's just that at the end of the day, there's a lot of scriptures that kind of can point to a lot of different forms as far as the rapture. But I think what the rapture can do to a lot of believers is cripple them. People, people has this thing like, well, you know, Jesus is going to take me up. And they have they build no resolve for any type of tribulation or trial or test. 
all they on the back of their mind they just think that God's gonna snatch them out of all their trouble. So sometimes that rapture theology can get uh, certain believers complacent and not really um, placed in the idea of being prepared to make sure that they have enough oil in their lamps if they help. Golden Chris says, "Hey, Coach, can certain objects be attached to demonic influence in certain families? Yeah, you better believe it." Demons are territorial. Demons use items. Demons use uh, various things to try to uh, uh, create domain in the people's domain, right? And so, yeah, he'll. That's why uh, for a lot of uh, phases of my life, I didn't take a lot of people's stuff. There was people in my ministry who just kept giving me pins, and it was odd. Why are you keep giving me pins? And I realized, hey, man, there's something about these pins. So every time a person gave me a pin, I threw it away. I don't just accept anything because a lot of witches, a lot of people like that, they utilize that kind of stuff to kind of put things on you, put spells on you. And so you just have to be very careful what you allow in your home as well as any objects. That's why it's important to understand images, signs, uh, uh, different things that may like certain stars, certain uh, certain designs that, that, that are demonic, that you don't have those things hanging up in your house. And I think the best way to figure it out is to pray uh, um, to God and say, God, reveal to me through your spirit what's in my house, what's in my possession that is demonically influenced. And the Holy Spirit will reveal it to you. He'll reveal it that you shouldn't watch that, that you shouldn't listen to that, that you need to take that out. You need to move that. I had a young lady who asked me a question maybe a couple of years ago, and she was telling me about her husband and how they had got a divorce. And she was like, why is there such a lustful spirit in my house? And we began to, I began to coach her, began to ask her questions. And she began to reveal to me um, that, that uh, uh, Oh, I asked her, I said, where do you think your husband did some type of sexual activity, whether it's watching porn or masturbating? And she said, on the couch. I said, well, I think you should get rid of that couch. As soon as she got rid of that couch, the spirit was out of her house. She confirmed it many days later. And she said, as soon as she got that couch out the house, that spirit of lust was off of it. And she replaced a brand new couch. So demons will be territorial just to continue, uh, even though the man was going to that house, but she still had a son in that house. And that demon says, if, if the father's going, I'm going to still try to get the son because demons are generational in their approach. They want to be generationally territorial. And so the Holy Spirit will reveal to you what's in your house, what are you doing, um, or what objects you have in your possession that is demonically uh, causing a demonic oppression in your life or in your home. Hope that. Joshua Pittman says, which is, which is what I do every day for hours anyways. I read the Bible for a good amount. Oh, okay, gotcha. But at the same time, things in moderation. What are you watching? Um, are you allowing to watch you? Um, sometimes reading the Word and watching TV... It's cool to a degree, but there has to be something that, that you invest in yourself, like personal development, um, things that you can be more active with your hands, um, uh, things that you could be entrepreneurial about, uh, uh, making your, uh, in, uh, mastering your gifts so that your gifts can make room for you, things like that. Georgia says, what's up, Coach Josh? It's Georgia out of Fort Worth. What's up, family? How do I learn to use my testimony to speak and impact others? Great question. Um, continue to allow yourself, uh, your testimony, uh, um, to be immersed in your, in you being a walking epistle. See, for me, uh, various channels allowed me to do it. Uh, my testimony is felt through my books. My testimony is felt through, um, my, 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 uh, videos. But the ultimate connection I have is when these young people see my testimony, when people are close to it enough 
to be able to see to a degree how you went through a test, overcome tests, how you respond while you in a test, and the fruit of your test, right? And so if you want your testimony to speak to others, I mean, uh, it's best to just continue to keep walking in uh, as a, a living epistle, as a walking epistle. And over time, people will begin to see as you go through tests, because testimonies kind of increase over time. Or testimonies, you add testimonies in your life. Sometimes people's testimony is that their testimony is how they got saved. It could be your testimony could be how you overcame this particular test, right? So as as you continue to live your life and go through certain tests, don't don't count it strange that people are looking at you to see how you handle it. And then after they watch you, you have a greater impact on those who actually see you in the test, overcome the test, and then pass the test. And now they can see that you've become your best through that test because of the Holy Spirit, right? But, uh, but as far as your testimony, whether it is when you got saved, that can be uh, expressed through podcasts, through videos, through various avenues where people can hear and connect to your testimony. That people can connect uh, in the testimony of my singleness, a testimony of all the different things that I've overcome. And when they, when I uh, uh, um, uh, share them in book form or video form, it connects with them because I, I'm written, I've communicated how I've overcome a test and now people can read it and be like, man, I can I can overcome that as well. Hope they help. Joshua Pittman says, what are some ideas of what to do with my leisure time? Great question. Well, the thing is, find your purpose. Your purpose is huge. What I mean by huge, there's always something that you could do within your purpose. Um, look at your passions. What are you passionate about? Um, look at your skills. What did you, what are you, talents first. What are you talented at? Like I, I found out as I got older, I think 19 or 20, when I realized I'm talented with words. And I said, okay, God, what, what, what can I do with these words? And then the first thing you placed in my heart was a book. And then I just started working on books. And now I'm nine books in, nine books in. And sometimes when I think about that, I'm like, wow, I've really written nine books. Not too many people can say that. But your leisure time should be spent with, with, with physical development, mental development, emotional development, spiritual development. And you can find books um, that can help you with mental development. You can look up uh, different activities exercise-wise, help with your emotional and physical development. And spiritual development is a lot of different things you can do. But as far as your leisure time, you can get rest. Nothing wrong with resting. Nothing wrong with uh, uh, playing, uh, doing what you like to do. Nothing wrong with it. Just making sure that you're not allowing those hours to be robbed from your personal development. Because what we don't want is that you're reading in God's words or something you checked off or nothing, something that you may have enjoyed, but there's nothing that you can really uh, employ or deploy, uh, I think I said that right, for you to be able to be uh, someone that can be mightily used by God through your gifts. Okay. Ivan says, anger is building up, coach. Don't want that in my life again. It's a battle every day to get in the presence of God. What are good exercises to get back on track or get back in track? Great question. Well, you have to get to the root of your anger, Ivan. Who called, Who made you angry? What made you angry? And, and how did it make you this angry? See, if we deal with the anger but don't deal with the resentment or the abandonment or the neglect or the abuse that's spewing anger out of you, then you'll never uh, feel uh, welcomed in God's presence. You won't feel like you deserve to be in God's presence. You won't just want to be in his presence because that anger has got you in condemnation, right? So you got to, what, what is making you angry? Something you got to think about. What is making you angry? Who is making you angry? Why is it building up? Uh, because usually anger, the Bible says, it's be angry but sin not. And I think you it's okay to be angry, but you have to process that anger. 
You have to say, okay, why am I and why am I angry? Because uh, when you allow anger uh, to run rapidly in your life, then you're setting yourself up for danger. Right? If you let anger rule, you're setting yourself up to be a, a, a residence in some form of danger. Right? And so, yes, it's going to be a battle, but it's more a battle of your perspectives. The goal in life is to always shift your perspectives to see things the way they should be seen or to see things the way God sees them. So look at your situation. I want you to write your whole situation down on paper. Who made you angry? What made you angry? What everything contributed to that anger? And then ask yourself, why am I angry? Why? Why am I angry? Is there a way? Is there a different way I can look at the situation? Is there a different way I can look at these individuals? Is there a different? How could God be using this to turn around for my good? How could this be really a, a opportunity for me to excel and accelerate in the things of God, right? Now, what are some good exercises to get back in track? Number one, you have to track uh, what made you angry. Track it. Go all the way back. Why am I angry? Then you got to invest in your relationship with God. You got to invest in it now. You, you have to get in his presence now. So what I need you to do, I need you to find you five or seven worship songs. I need you to, I need you to fight it. You got to fight it with the word. Your word is your only weapon. And so you got to get into God's word. Look up scriptures on anger, right? And after that, you got to begin to actually begin to start forgiving those individuals. Start immediately forgiving them. Forgive them. Just say, hey, because forgiveness is not about them. Forgiveness is giving you an opportunity to go forward. Forgiveness is giving you the ability to be able to not to be uh, uh, so easily held back by those different things. And so the best way to do is understand that God's presence is where the, is where your, is where the fullness of joy is. And what you got to do, number one, you got to get have another, another, another point. You have to have an outlet. You have to do some physical outlet to kind of get that anger out. If not, it's going to blow over in your job. It's going to blow over in your family. So you got to have an outlet, whether it's whether it's just running outside, whether it's uh, uh, lifting weights, lifting heavy weights to kind of get some things going in, in your body. And then actually look at how how could this thing really destroy me down the road? Really think three to four moves down your life right now if you continue to harbor this anger and then begin to see the realities of those consequences and then begin to make choices differently. Hope that helps. Um, love that attention is currency. You're welcome, Joanne. Attention is currency. Amen. Just be ready to go. That's it. I don't get too caught up in the details of the rapture and all that kind of stuff because I know when it's time to go, I'm going up. Beloved says, I have been in my single season for 10 years, and I just want to tell you thank you so very much for your obedience to God and encouraging videos. They have truly been an extreme blessing. You're so welcome, beloved. God gets the glory. I kind of honor that God will utilize uh, my books as a resource to help you, and I'm so glad that, that you have been impacted by it. Keep maximizing your singleness. Keep growing in your singleness, and, and before you know it, you will be uh, able to mingle <laughs> from your single. Hope to help. Uh, thank you for that. Dami says, how can we humble ourselves before the Lord and ask for forgiveness from the heart? Great question. Life is not about... Uh, there's no way we can be perfect. But our heart can be perfect. A perfect heart doesn't mean that it has no error. Doesn't mean that it has no mistakes. Doesn't mean it doesn't make mistakes. Doesn't mean anything. A perfect heart means a heart that's, that loves God deeply. As long as we're in this life, we're going to be sanctified. 
uh, th there's three parts of salvation. It's justification, meaning I'm justified as a son of God, and you're justified as a daughter of God. Sanctification is a process by which God is molding me into the image of his son. It's molding me image to, to Christ so that I can be more like Christ in every part of my life. Glorification is when I'm completely perfect after I'm dead and I'm in heaven, right? That sanctification process is going to last all the way to you dead because there's always room to improve. There's always areas to grow to become more like Christ in every area of our life because we haven't really met every 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 uh, variation of our lives. Meaning that that I haven't been a, a father yet, you know. I haven't been a husband for 10 years. So there's always something to grow into. And there's always an opportunity for me to grow more into the image of God. Now, how does one humble themselves? You got to you gotta first take an honest look at yourself. In order to humble yourself, you got to take an honest look at yourself. And say, hey man, what? how am I? Where is my pride at? In order to humble yourself, you got to just really take the time to understand God and take time to understand, time to understand what salvation really is and take, take time to understand what life has to offer, right? And you have to let God be the master of your life. You have to say, you know, I'm letting go. I'm removing my hands off of everything in my life. Then you got to get into the Bible. You got to get into the word of God and say, okay, what does the word of God say about humility? What does the word of God say about uh, uh, forgiveness? What does the Bible say about those different things? Then you got to love yourself. You, Self-love puts things in perspective. First off, you got to let God love you so that you can learn how to love yourself and you'll know how to distribute your love. Last but not least, just enjoy God. That's how you humble yourself. Just enjoy God. Be honest with yourself. Better understand everything in its context. Get into the Bible and find out what the Word of God says about that. Let God love you and love yourself and just simply enjoy Him. And then you will begin to understand that forgiveness is, is a relationship thing. That, that, that the more you're honest with yourself, the more you better understand things, the more you're in your Bible, the more you are loved by God and you are loving, and the more you enjoy Him, then it's going to be easier to forgive, for your, uh, to ask for forgiveness, because it's relational. And the thing about it is that helps you preventively put yourself in a situation where you have to forgive. That means you're not sinning as much. And what I mean by forgiveness, everything has been forgiven, but you have to understand that, that my slate has been forgiven eternally. That there are some things I have to be forgiven for in the earth. Like, like if I wrong my wife, I ha it's, a, it's a human thing to go to her and say, can you forgive me for that? Same thing. I'm in a relationship with God. It helps the relationship when I ask for forgiveness. It reveals this, the, the, the uh, humility of my heart when I ask for forgiveness. And God ain't sitting there waiting on you. You better ask me forgiveness. It's just more like, it's just the natural thing you do in a relationship. And it helps you. It don't help God because God is self-sufficient. But asking for forgiveness is, is just a, a natural fruit of fellowship from a human's perspective. Hope that helps. Time for one or two more and I'm done. Put this fan on real quick. A little human in Charlotte today. Oh, let's see what we got. Let's see how far we're done. True vintage R&B fan says, Why does God give entertainment gifts to people? When he knows you have to sell your soul to make it, what advice would you give us as entertainers who have wrath uh, against God for it? Well, the devil can only pervert. He can't create. He perverted entertainment. He didn't create entertainment. God created people with the ability to dance, to play instruments, to to communicate effectively, to to have humor. Um, to be comedic, um, 
any other forms of entertainment. God created it because it brings joy to people. And, and it has the opportunity to bring joy and laughter, which is a medicine to people. It has the opportunity to cause rest for people. There's nothing wrong with entertainment. The entertainment that has been perverted is what's been wrong. So God, what God gives is our responsibility to steward. If we don't steward, it will be used to be perverted. And the devil knows the power of the, these different gifts that's under the umbrella of entertainment. Therefore, he compromises and blackmails a lot of different people to fall into some level of of of, of entrapments and, and traps. So they'll be so they have no choice through blackmail through whatever to do what hell wants them to do. And so now if you got this threat in the back of your mind and someone can destroy your family and someone can destroy your name, you're going to do what he wants you to do. That's why it's important to understand the process of, of, of character development and what God, why God does that so that when you are entertaining through music or entertaining or, or impacted or in, in, impactment instead of entertainment, then when you're impacting people, then it will be anointed. See, these people are talented. God's people are anointed. People who are talented, even in Christian music or Christian movies or whatever, they're talented, but no yokes being destroyed. God wants his people to have pure entertainment, pure um, giftings. I don't like saying entertainment, but pure giftings that's so anointed that when people are in their presence, they're in the presence of God flowing through the individual, through their various art forms. And so my advice for those who are comedians, those who are musicians, those who are dancers, those who whatever, invest in your anointing. Stockpile your oil. Grow in the things of God. Become a steward of the word of God. Become a steward of the joy of the Lord. Become a steward of the word of God. Become a steward of your emotions. Become a steward of it and make your spirit sensitive and allow the Holy Spirit to make you holy, set apart. What I mean by that is, is that you're not only are you set apart eternally for God, but you're set apart in your deeds. You set apart in your lifestyle, in your thinking. Your thinking has to be set apart. Your feeling has to be set apart. Your action has to be set apart. Your thinking has to be set apart. Your uh, emotions will have to be set apart. Your feelings and your actions have to be set apart. And your body has to be set apart. When those things are more and more set apart and you're maturing in the sanctification process, what you do becomes more anointed. Therefore, you have a greater return on the investment because jokes are being destroyed. People are impacted and people are delivered. Hope to help. Christopher says, hey, coach, down bad. Got so much uh, un, uh, work and it seems impossible. I feel like giving up and just seeing what happens. I'm a bit confused as to how I got to this position. Feel as do I have failed? Why is this part of my journey? Why do I keep failing? I feel alone. Well, Christopher, life is all about revealing our disciplines or the lack thereof. Failing is a result of, to a degree, a lack of self-control, a lack of self-awareness, a lack of self-discipline could be potentially now when you start what happens the spiral kind of goes down when an individual begins to let me see the top part of your question uh, when you have these type of mentalities you when you have the I the mentality of this is impossible now you're setting yourself up um, to not have the 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 mindset um, that that is inspired by the possibilities that God brings through his spirit 
The enemy puts it at a level of giving up, feeling impossible, feeling confused, because to a degree, somewhere back in the day, our footing was on something other than God. Our trust was on something other than God, or we just haven't matured, or we have a poor self-awareness, poor self-discipline, and poor uh, uh, such and such, such and such, right? So, if you you have to get out of the feelings and get into the facts. The facts means I'm honest with myself. How did I get here factually? Because if you if you feel that you felt your way to this point, then you're missing out on the facts. What are the factual, honest truths on what got you? Is it poor money management? Is it poor uh, disciplines? Is it poor um, stewardship? What was it? Poor character? What was it that wasn't have that wasn't that has yet to be given to God for it to be patched up? For you to be a good steward. All the mistakes that I've made in my life, all the failures I've made in my life, I can always point back to some level of, of, of immaturity, uh, distance and fellowship with God, and different things like that. That proves, hey man, you you wasn't really on the marker. And then that's when, when I'm honest with myself that I can actually help myself. And then when I help myself, I can help myself out of this situation. So he says, "Why is this part of my? Why is this part of my journey? Because people think that that God puts us through things. It's our decisions that often put us through things. So you have to say, okay, let me look at my life from whenever I was quote unquote the most successful to now, and say, okay, what were my habits? What were the habits of my mind? What was the habits of my feeling? What were the habits of my soul? What was the habits of my hands? And then you'll see why you was dealt this hand. Now God can redeem it." God can help you out of it, but God redeems a time when you allow your mind to be renewed. And then when you feel alone, that's when God, that's when the devil wants you to feel hopeless. You got to go to God knowing that you can go to him. And the Bible says they that come to light, they come to light so they, so they, these can be exposed. So they can really begin to see themselves and see why they were uh, um, caught up in the situation from the beginning. I got to go, y'all. I'm at the 30-minute marker. Thank y'all so much for trusting me with your, your questions. Make sure you hit that bell so you'll know when I go live and have your questions saved in your notes. All you got to do is copy and put it right in the top of the, the pile and uh, see how I can serve you all there. So thank you so much for joining my video. hope y'all was blessed by it. By, by it. Check out my latest book, Facts Over Feelings. How to go from filling to fulfilling your purpose. Also check out my book on wholeness. How to hold the important things of life. Uh, and, and it's a great book to really get you to hold the things in your life or the things you desire better. Also check out my book, The Purpose of Singleness. How to find the purpose of it and maximizing it. Also check out my book, Dating Prep. How to uh, date God, date yourself, and become dateable so you can date the love of your life forever. This book has a lot of questions that will help you either end the wrong relationship or extend the right relationship. Great book there. If you're looking for a book to help you with soul ties and strongholds and you want to understand the purpose of, of freedom in Christ, check out this book. I, I, I know it will bless your life. If you want to learn how to discern the will of God for your life to discern what's in front of you to see whether it's a counterfeit or a counterpart. This book on discernment is a great book, great resource. If you have young people from the ages uh, third grade, seventh grade, I believe, this would be a great book to help them. Maybe eighth grade. Yeah, I have also a book on um, spiritual warfare and how to put on the whole armor of God. This book will teach you what the whole armor of God is, how to put it on, and how to utilize them. So I pray. Also, we got t-shirts as well. If you want shirts, merch, all that stuff, it's all available on my website, imunplugged.com. Links in the description box below. Even if you feel led to give and you feel, hey, man, I want to support what you do, you can do so on my website as well. Your uh, support helps us support students and also helps support this channel. So we appreciate your generosity in advance. Hope y'all was blessed by it. 
I'll see y'all next time. Love y'all. Peace.